fucking fret dudes welcome back once again to the organic football podcast we are here talking some fantasy football and there's just so much to talk about these days in the nfl and obviously everyone is just uh, anxiously awaiting the season as uh well 2020 has been a bit of a dumpster fire so far but if we get NFL, that'll make everything all better, I get a feeling. So, uh, Rich, my co-host, one of my co-hosts, my fantasy experts, along with Brad, we are going to be breaking down the NFC North division for you guys. And uh, when you look at this division as a whole, Rich, you know what are your thoughts about the star potential in this division? Uh, I feel like we got some pretty decent players ahead of us. Um, some top end players that we'll have to discuss. So a couple nice running backs, a couple nice wide receivers. I like so should be fun. Should be a good. Should be a good division. Good to go through. Good teams. I like. Uh, I like several of these teams uh, as NFL squads. So it should be pretty fun. Right on. And Brad, uh, you know how you feeling over there, buddy? What's popping today, bro? I'm pretty excited about this division, man. I mean, we're talking two of the three best kickers out there are in these divisions. <laughs> so I cannot start and talk 50-yard field goals. So, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Favorite part of the game, man. All right. Kickers, um, man. Well, live and die for them. The, ki- the kicker talk would make its way onto the podcast eventually. I wasn't thinking it would be so early in this episode, but all right. We're already talking kickers. Now, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, start – in the on the nfc north and we're gonna start in the land of ten thousand lakes we're heading up to minnesota and this is a team rich up there and that uh well they wear purple they got horns on their helmets uh not sure if they're a playoff caliber team this year but they do got some star players on there uh, let's go to the big name. That's going to be Dalvin Cook, the running back. Uh, Rich, when you look at Dalvin Cook, is he a top three running back this year? Uh, I think he's creeping up on that. He's going to be, I think he's a solid top five guy. Pressing to get to number three, maybe. Um, there's a little bit of too much talent at the top end there, but I think, I think he's close. So, um, definitely going to be an intriguing value when it comes to the, our, our auction draft. We'll see, we'll see where it comes in at. Um, if he's, if he's going as, you know, a top one to three guy in the number, that's a little too rich for my blood, but if it's a little bit further back, then, then I'd definitely be interested. Yeah. I think he's going to finish fourth, fourth or fifth this year. The only thing that really concerns me is he had that knee injury or back in the day. You know, I never like guys coming off knee injuries, even though he didn't have a bad season. And then also, I don't really like the team that much in this division. I think Kirk Cousins is kind of garbage. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and so, agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to hinder him a lot. So, I mean, with him just playing like garbage, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities he's going to have where – if there's better quarterback play, you know, he would definitely be at two, three back. So 
Yeah, Kirk Cousins, uh, Brad, you mentioned him. He's a little mystifying as a uh, NFL quarterback and as a fantasy prospect. I mean, he's really, you know, it seems like he puts up stats. He puts up numbers every year. But when I watch him play, at least, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really feel like he's much of a quality quarterback. He reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler, honestly. But uh, he, he might be a fantasy starter. Uh, Rich, are you thinking somebody might uh, throw Kirk Cousins out there from time to time as their starter? He's he's a dollar quarterback option. So if you're going for the dollar bin, then he could, <laughs> he could be there. Uh, I, I do like those type of, type of situations where teams run the ball so that they get an effective passing offense. So, you know, that's, that's why I like Delvin Cook a lot is, you know, they're going to run the ball. Um, but, you know, if, I'm, if I wasn't interested in Delvin Cook, then I might be interested in Kirk Cousins for real cheap. And, uh, you know, th- you, can, you can pluck six stars out of, out of Kirk Cousins probably during the year. So for, for your buck, if, if he's a dollar, then, then I think that's pretty good. What do you think, Brad? Is Kirk Cousins a guy you could count on as a fantasy quarterback? No, not really. I mean, for a buy maybe, but I mean, if I'm going in every week with Kirk Cousins as my starter, I'm not feeling too confident. No. You know, I, I would much rather have a plethora of quarterbacks that are out there over Kirk Cousins. And so, like even Ray said, he's only a buck, which is true. There's a lot of guys that are a buck, but I'd probably take a different quarterback for a dollar over Kirk Cousins. I just, I, I don't like that. That's all. You know? I know you. You did call just him. Don't like that. <laughs> you did like call that. him garbage, and he does not like garbage, so that's good. Uh, I'm not a garbage eater. <laughs> uh, so uh, going to the receiver position, well, you know they kind of had that tandem of Thielen and Diggs for a few years. There was pretty prolific, uh, especially that year. Uh, Case Keenum was at the helm. Uh, Stefan Diggs uh, did go to Buffalo. So it is now Adam Thielen as the number one and Justin Jefferson as the number two. Uh, a couple other guys there. Um, but I guess Adam Thielen is a guy that, I don't know, I've never uh, never really wanted him on my team. I know that he goes out there and I might be saying this about all these teams in the North except for the Bears. For some reason, I don't like these players. But, yeah, Adam. bias. I might have a little bit of a bias in there. I can admit it, but. Uh, Adam Thielen's a guy, I don't know, he just never uh, pushed any of the buttons for me that maybe go, okay, that's a guy I need to get on my squad. But, I mean, he is a quality receiver. Brad, wh- where would you rank Adam Thielen, you know, in terms of how you think he'll finish 2020? you think he'll be in the top 15, the top 10 uh, fantasy-wide receivers? Uh, definitely not top 10. I'm not really sure where he will. I kind of think of him more as like a flex one, uh, be- just because I'd rather have a top wide receiver so i mean if i can get him in a flex one position you know he's solid but again i always go back to the fact that who's throwing in the ball and it's Kirk cousins so and then plus you got Diggs coming out who's going to get all the attention well they're probably going to put an extra d back his way so it's to me it's even going to be harder for him it's more like uphill sledding for him so i feel like because he had a really good season last year minus the injury and the previous years before that, he's going to command a higher price. And I just, I think people are going to overpay on him and miss out on that value. Uh, you know, I'll tell you with Adam Thielen, 
Yeah, I think you, you could boil it down to the quarterback situation is not the greatest. They don't uh, throw the ball enough. Uh, I don't think he's got, you know, world-class speed. So I don't think he, like, beats people on the outside up against that run game to, like, take advantage of that weakness. So um, I don't think he's a high-end player. I, I, I mean – so if I can get him at the right value, if if he's you know ten bucks or something like that, then then that's that's great value. Take it, scoop it up. Um, but you know, Thielen's kind of become a name, so I, I could see him being more like a thirty dollar guy, and I don't like that value. Um, you know, and we're we're talking the wide receivers. Um, it's weird with Stefan Diggs being gone there too. It's kind of just like it, it'll be an odd situation. I know we saw that guy, um, BC Johnson. He filled in last year when those guys were kind of injured. He was kind of like their spot starter to come back in for either of those guys. He looked like he could perform well, but it, it's just not the same game as when you got Stefan Diggs out there with it. So that'll kind of lead into where I might like to lean when it comes to pass catchers here coming up in a little bit, maybe. But, I mean, I, I guess we're right there anyway. We've already done <laughs> wide receivers, running backs. We already dissed on Cousins. So, yeah, oh, so yeah I was just going to say, I'm going to uh, take back all the bad things I said about the Vikings because there is a player I like on this team. There's a guy named Kyle Rudolph over there at the uh, tight end position. You know, he's all tatted up out there. He's just an animal, and he gets open in the end zone. So, you got to like a guy like that. When you look at Kyle Rudolph, Rich, sneaky uh, tight end that might have some value? I think so, yeah. That's that's where I was leaning. Uh, <laughs> I think seeing that lack of, of what they'll have in, in wide receivers, I think they could lean a little even more heavily on Kyle Rudolph this year. So uh, I like him as a sneaky good uh, tight end play this year. No, just Kyle Rudolph, I think he's definitely going to be cheap. You know, he will catch touchdowns. That's what he's really good at, but – Offensive pass interference master. So, like, oh, yeah, you need yourself a touchdown. You just go to that guy. He'll get you an offensive pass interference. Oh, he gets a touchdown. That was ooh, that was a rough way. That, that was the Saints again, right? They did it to the Saints twice, dude. The Saints, oh. dude. I and to me, like that thing, like uh, they say, like okay, maybe that wasn't that was. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. that was some offensive pass interference on that. Yeah, play. that was yeah. garbage, dude. He extends his arms and moves the body of the defender. Like, what That's are we talking why, about? Uh, <laughs> with the with the refereeing, man, it's like, uh, it don't matter what how many rule changes they make, some of these games are always gonna come come down to a call if it's gonna be controversial. You're just like, come on, man. Yeah. Throw the fucking flag one way or the other, yeah. They looked at it and let it go. They said no. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You understand this is the Saints again, right? <laughs> it's got to be conspiracy ever since the, when they're the Bounty Gate or whatever they had. Oh, yeah, that was a waste. Uh, they just don't want the Saints to win. But Sean Payton. They've had a rough go of it, man. They have with that. They've they've gone out on some heartbreakers uh, recently. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know how we got off on that. but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we were talking about Kyle Rudolph, man, because that was – Kyle Rudolph. Oh, yeah, getting touchdowns. Yeah, that was a big play in that uh, in that game, man. Decided the game, really, yeah. non-call. So, all right, man. Well, um, no, I, th- I think he's gonna be a buck, and you know, I've, I've put him like eight to twelve tight end this year. I don't think he's gonna be like stellar. So he's gonna get you four points some games. He's gonna get you twelve points some games. So I mean, that's not bad out of your tight end, but for a dollar, it's great value. So 
You know, I think there's a lot of them, like a Hunter Henry. I think he might be two, three bucks. You know, like there's a lot of other tight ends out there. It's really with whoever comes up, you know, go get through a guy you like. So I wouldn't go like hunt out and get him. But if he falls in your lap for a buck, you can't be mad. Then I guess we'll switch over to the defense. Uh, Vikings D, Rich, pretty decent unit up there. You know, this division is known for some uh, hard-hitting defenses and some, uh, you know, black and blue, uh, tough-nosed football out there. So uh, you got to like a lot of these defenses. And the Vikings are one that, uh, you know, they're kind of always on my uh, uh, fantasy radar, you know, kind of see how they're uh, doing but not anybody I'm going to go out purposely and draft, I don't think. But if the, if they're hanging around on the wire, somebody I might pick up. What do you think, uh, Rich? Yeah, it seems to me like the Vikings are always a pretty solid top 10 defense. You know, there's not a ton of, like, you know, playmakers here on, on there. They lost Everson Griffin. So, I mean, it's still probably a stout defense, still a good defense, always solid. But it might be a defense I'd kind of look towards just like letting it see what happens, see how the year's playing out and see, see where they're at with that and see if I'm interested in a trade for them later or something like that. So that's where I'd be with it. Yeah. If I feel like uh, I have an, uh, two defenses and I kind of think they're going to pop, maybe draft them and take a chance on them before they do really well. And someone tries to get them on waivers, but I'm just not that excited over them. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Minnesota, I guess we're done with the Vikes. Uh, I think they'll go about 6-10 and 10 this year, so that's also oh, the reason. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I can agree with that. Maybe they'll go 4-12. and 12. Maybe they'll just suck. No, that would be the Bears. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. Well, you're going to have to wait to talk junk on my team, bro. You're going to have to wait until you're nice and tired and you forgot all the mean things you're going to say about my bears, bro. I got a nap in today, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, man. We are heading out to the Motor City, fellas. Oh, baby. Detroit Rock City. And, you know, this is a town that likes to party, man. And they've been waiting to have a football team to party about for, well, I don't know, the better part of five decades or something like that. But. Hey, the Lions, uh, they've definitely had their struggles as a franchise, but, uh, you know, their team, it's, I think they have a pretty good team, uh, this year. It's okay. You know, maybe not a playoff caliber, but, uh, maybe they will be. I don't know. They're the type type of team that could have a really good year if they stay healthy. So we'll start at the quarterback position. Cause this is a guy that I kind of like, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, um, really been solid throughout his career. He had the back injury. Uh, I want to say he had those uh, microscopic fractures in his back, which sounds pretty painful. But that did shut him down from, I want to say, what, like halfway through the season last year. I don't even know if he made it to halfway. But he's not traditionally a guy that gets banged up. He's he's a guy that usually is going to get you started, you know, 16 games. So uh, you look at Matthew Stafford Rich. Do you have any thoughts as to whether you may roster him this year? I'm not interested myself. I think there's a little bit of a, like like you said, that back injury stuff, that kind of scares me a bit. So I'd steer clear, actually, in my opinion. I, I've seen a little bit of decline every year from him, a little less athleticism, even a little less, on, a little less zing. I mean, he can still chuck the ball, but – not all that great. I mean, he was never the most accurate of guys. I feel like his receivers have done a good job of covering up for some of his inaccuracies. So 
I'm not, I'm not really in on Stafford. I, I, not this year. I, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty close, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Cousins, though, you know, just um, a more solid offense. I, I just think all around. So, like, I mean, to me, I, I think Stafford's seen his better days, and, and there's definitely better plays out there and younger guys. Yeah, he, he's kind of close to Phillip Rivers in my mind. Yeah, just, I, mean, I think he's more on the downturn. Yeah, he can get the job done, but nothing special. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I can see that. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, he is he is still pretty solid, but I can see what you mean where there's been a little bit of a decline over over the last few years, and especially with the injury uh, setting him back last year. But it's still a guy that I'll always kind of keep in the back of my mind if I need a spot starter or something. Might go with him. I mean, even for a dollar, if you're starting two different quarterbacks, maybe. No, yeah, I mean, he can sit back there. I could definitely have him as my second quarterback and be like, you know, okay, they're going to have a juicy matchup. I mean, every every team gets a juicy matchup, so it's it's just a matter of, of, of playing it that way at that point. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm interested in Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford, they're definitely a six- to eight-start guy for me during that year. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm picking – six to eight different weeks where I'm going, okay, that's the guy. Yeah. Right on. But, I mean, you better have some stacked guys if you're starting Matthew Stafford, though. So <laughs> when we yeah. say that, don't think we're saying go get Matthew Stafford and get a weak-ass team. Yeah. We're saying go get your top everything and then go get $2 guys and pick a starter. Different ways to play it. Um, right on, man. Well, they did bring in the running back. Uh, they drafted DeAndre Swift. Uh, with a name like Swift, uh, I'm guessing he's pretty fast out there uh, coming out of Georgia. Uh, Rich, you know, when you look at this draft pick, is this, uh, you know, something you're kind of excited about? It looks like he's going to slide in there as the starter. 35th pick overall is DeAndre Swift, uh, a running back prospect. One of your projects you might, uh, you know, keep in mind, and then he'll tear it up for you, and you'll put him on a little shelf in your closet. Uh, I am the collector. I, 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 I do like to see that, but, uh, I don't see it with DeAndre Swift. I think I'm going to hold off and, and wait it out and see, see how he comes out of training camp and see that kind of stuff. I like carry on Johnson a lot. I've, I've always liked him as a back. So I understand that they drafted him, you know, wherever it was 35 or somewhere in there. Um, so that does kind of signal that they were looking for something. I would see it as more of a, a committee approach anyway. So if if Swift gets to somewhere in that offense, it's still going to be, you know, splitting it up. I see Swift as more of like the change of pace type guy. So he's he's going to be a play. Swift is a play, but I don't know if he's like instant starter status. And I mean, it also, you know, leads me down the path that I, I'm not really a, a big Lions fan this year. I think they're more <laughs> – I think they're more of a five and eleven team, and or six and ten somewhere in there. So, with that being said, I, I'm not looking at their their run game as being an efficient run game for me. So, I'm not interested in the backfield probably. Yeah, to me, if you know Swift is coming in as the starter and predicted as a starter, uh, I like like Rich said the way Carryon Johnson runs. I know he had an injury last year, but to me, he's even if he's coming in, he's carry on still getting 60 percent of the carries to start and then if swift does well he'll start chomping in more and more and more you know maybe he's getting 70 but still carry on johnson's gonna get 30 percent worst case scenario so i mean if you're telling me carry on johnson's gonna be cheap like a dollar or two you know i go take a flyer on that because i think by the end of it he might just be the starter and swift could just bust out 
I like the way he runs for a dollar or two, not for 10, 15. And then Kenny Galladay, we'll get into him too, but he's a stud. <laughs> right on, man. Well, I can see that you can't wait. So, I mean, Kenny G, like you said, really talented guy. So, uh, lay it out for me, Brad. What, when you look at Kenny Galladay, you know, what are what are you hoping for out of him in 2020? What kind of season? Expect the same season he does every year. He goes up, he catches balls real high, he's aggressive, he's a great route runner, and he's fast. So as long as people can deliver him the ball, which was kind of the problem last year, in my opinion, uh, he's solid. Like, I feel like he's, you know, number uh, top 10 receiver, you know? Yeah, he did have 11 touchdowns last year, so that's pretty nice. He can do better. And he had half the year with, like, you know, the backup David Blau and whoever else. Jeff Driscoll and some other. David Blow. Yeah. Well, they're clowns <laughs> off the street. I don't know where they found these guys, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think you could count on Galladay for like, you know, top 15. I think, I think that's like pretty secure. That's his floor. Um, he does, I think his ceiling, you know, he, if it, if everything played out right for the lions and they're a good team this year and they're 10 and six, then I think that's because of a little bit of what's going on with Kenny Galladay and, and you're going to end up with a guy who's more like almost even a top five capability. So he's got some value. I like that guy. I, I liked, I, I drafted him his rookie year. It was a little early, but um, I definitely see the talent in that kid. I took him his second year. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. He's a good player. Uh, definitely a receiver that I, I'll be uh, watching what his price tag goes for. Yeah. I mean, if you could get him for, what under 20 would be a nice uh, yeah yeah i mean if 20 20 20 would probably be good 15 to 20 for that guy that's that's about right yeah that that's where right. i'd like to be if i can find a guy who's got that potential to spike up that's that's what you're trying to do i think you, you got to find a couple guys you got to pay for some guys that are just going to hit their value you overpay or not overpay but you pay some good money for them and then you got to find some guys that you underpay for that spike up in their value and they end up over exceeding their value over the whole season you got to find the guy that, okay, I paid for him like he was going to be the number 16 wide receiver, and he ends up number five. That's what you're, yeah. that's what you're looking for for draft day. Yeah. Yeah, you're always yeah. looking to maximize that value uh, on draft day. But then, yeah, obviously, yeah. if you don't get that guy in the draft, you know, that's why you got to keep uh, – That's what the waivers are for. You keep an eagle eye on that waiver wire and the practice reports and the injury reports and everything else that all goes into it, you know, to making the right decisions, uh, building your roster. And don't forget about that wonderful trade market. Uh, you can trade never forget about that. Made. Yeah, and you know, I was actually talking to somebody about trades the other day. Sometimes when uh, somebody offers you a trade, uh, you know, the, and you get like a low ball offer, and you're just like, ah, oh, whatever, or, or just ignore it. And I always say, you know, never just ignore a trade offer, even if you think it's low ball, because send something back and just get a dialogue going, a conversation going. And who knows, maybe in a day or two, you guys will work something out. You know, that's how I approach it. hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, th it, I think there should be a little bit of communication. Just even if you match the deal in ridiculousness, but like right. in, the, in the same back, then it's still saying something at least, at least yeah. there's, there's there's information delivered at least just from that something is there so yeah some sort of response is, is usually best you know? yeah <laughs> yeah i would try trade like a flex two and then they counter 
and want my running back one. And I was like, okay, yeah, go fuck off. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay, so obviously you thought my trade was ridiculous. I get it. You send me a ridiculous trade. I will stop sending you <laughs> trades now because I get your message. So, like, sometimes like that, like, counter is better than just in ignoring it, you know? Well, what bothers me is it's like, come on, like, if we look at each other's rosters, if everyone looks at everyone's roster, and has it with an unbiased eye then really you should be like well really if i look at your roster i'm interested in a b and c like i like that player i like that player i like that player like there's at least three players on everyone's roster that i look at usually i mean there's there's sometimes when there's some god-awful rosters but um, (laughs) usually there's there's two three guys where i'm going Okay, I could see putting that guy on my roster. So that's why I think that there's always a trade market out there, or there should be, because people should be able to kind of check it out and yeah. be like, hey, like, here's how I improve. I improve a little here, you improve a little here, and it works out for us. Like, right. You know, you have to look for that too. Like, I think people, people do get a little. I don't know how to describe it, but they, they hold on to their players. They're yeah. like, they have this whole, they have this esteem for their players that they already have. It's like, no, I like this guy better. Yeah. They get a little bit of tunnel vision or whatever the case may be. If yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, really like loving your roster and like being like, Hey, this guy's untouchable. If you got a guy in your roster and you're going to come out and tell me, Hey, he's right. untouchable, okay. I'm not going to throw up a trade for him. We can work something else out or move along. But yeah, it's the ones where it's like, you just don't even know if they're what they're thinking yeah. or if they have any interest. It's like, come on, man. Come on, buddy. When someone says that they're untouchable, I I usually think in my head, hmm, I wonder if I could throw you a deal that could actually make <laughs> that guy touch. That's him. almost like a challenge, right? Be like, oh, you said he's untouchable. Okay. <laughs> you just throw it out there for like five seconds just so you know he saw it, and then you pull it off the table. You're like, nope. <laughs> like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I think I've had deals out there for like three, four seconds. Throw it out there for like three seconds. Cancel. Nope. Nope. Change my mind. Change my mind. Too crazy. Getting too crazy. (laughs) I've accidentally included the wrong player. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if he accepted? You know, like I put the wrong player in. Uh, What do you want to go to? We got Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. Are, Are there other wide receivers Marvin Jones, he's kind of has that reputation where he can throw up a big score every now and then, but it's a dice roll as to, you know, if he's going to have that big game when you start him. So he's a guy you might, you know, have on your bench or something. But, uh, you know, Danny Amendola, uh, nothing to see here. What do you guys think? Yeah, dollar for Marvin Jones. You get desperate. Yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, I wait to pick him up, see how he does in midseason. Right, I got it right on the wide receivers uh, for the Lions. You know, they're, they're, they're dart throws. I, I wouldn't really invest heavily uh, other than Galladay, the other guys. I, I was interested in Amendola last year for a little bit, a couple weeks as a waiver wire kind of guy, but never came to fruition. I thought it, I thought it might play out that he plays that kind of role for uh, Matt Patricia and what he wants to do, but it, it never really panned out. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is the tight end. You know, he was a rookie last year. A little bit of hype about him. I think he had like one or two nice games, but really kind of disappeared for most of the season, as I recall. Um, is TJ Hawkinson a guy that he might be a, have like a nice sophomore campaign if things go right in Detroit? So 
Is that somebody you would look at, Brad? Uh, Mr. TJ Hawkinson? Uh, not really. I mean, for a dollar at the very end, if you know you start panicking and you don't see anyone, I don't think it's the worst thing to get him. But I also think you can also pick him up, you know, off the waiver wires mid, you know, first three weeks if he turns out doing well. So no reason to invest in him. Yeah, I mean, he had he had a, a quick flash at the beginning of last season. Looked pretty good. It was against the Cardinals, so you know they were terrible against the tight ends last year. So uh, he he's got some talent, man. So he might be somebody you put a dollar on, slap a dollar on. But you you might be right, Brad. He's 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 on the brink of a waiver wire guy instead. Yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah, so I mean, if you're getting two tight ends, maybe you know. Get two of those guys, hope one hits, drop the other. He's, First time you need to make a waiver move. If you made a dollar on him in the draft, I would understand. And I would also understand if he never got drafted and he ended up a week three or four waiver wire move pickup. Right on, buddy. Well, uh, the flip the script to the Detroit Lions defense. Uh, this is a unit, well, uh, probably not one of the best units they did. Uh, draft Jeff Akuda, the cornerback, pretty high in the draft. So they must have saw something they liked out of him. And you look at the rest of their defense, Rich, or do you have any thoughts as to maybe this uh, might defense that could surprise some folks and play pretty well? Four thumbs down, Mark. Four thumbs down from us. We say no to the Detroit. I'll, I'll start the Lions D in week one, bro. I'm crazy. Oh, okay. I will pick them up. <laughs> uh well it is actually time though brad uh for an actual intermission i don't know uh time to hit it if there's any wax up in the house on your side of town man because it is time for our little herbal intermission kind of talk about a couple teams and take a little break so that's what we're gonna do brad what you got over there today uh, i saw you showing off a new uh package of something that looked delicious yeah it's uh this new brand called canamo so i went to a new dispensary today well that i've been there before but it's not kind meds which i normally go to it's harvest and then and a nice little deal six for 100 so i picked it up and uh it's actually got a really nice taste it's very thick kind of lasts a little bit longer gets you really stoned all things i like so we're gonna take a nice little big dab and uh, let's see how that goes. Qualified it as a little big. That's a little big. It's going guy. for the little big. Yeah. Sometimes it's the big little. You never know. This one will be a little big. Let's see how it does. Uh, you might have brinked on to the big little, man. That, I think that might just be big, big, man. That's pretty big. No, that's just optical illusion. <laughs> Okay. It's a closet. It bounces off the walls. It makes okay. it like four times as much smoke than it really is. For the listeners at home, he really is uh, smoking in his closet. That part is not bullshit. But uh, yeah, I literally am in a closet every episode. <laughs> not not figuratively, literally. Literally sitting. And some people don't get the difference. You're like, wait, what does he mean? I thought they were the same thing. They're definitely not. <laughs> they're definitely different. <laughs> Don't even look it up because apparently the dictionary tells you they're the same thing. <laughs> I do like this though. It's very smooth. You're probably gonna take another here in a couple minutes, so 
I'll, like just, it. I'll send it over to Rich, man. You guys can uh, you can tag in Rich because I saw him just take a nice draw off a of pen. Uh, what's puffing over on that side of town, Rich? Uh, I'm still puffing on. Uh, I'm actually. I went back to the Maui Waui today. I had some select going, and then I actually went back to the Maui Waui. I do like it. It's um, it's giving me that good sativa feel. So we're nine something at night right now for us so that's late for us electrical worker guys so uh good to have the sativa kick in and i like the maui waui still it's good that's what's puffing today well hey uh, <laughs> yeah man sounds nice well, that's cool man what uh what were you smoking on earlier today mark i, I saw you hitting say, something didn't mark have a little something today i would like to do it right now but i don't I don't think that'd be good for anybody, man, because one drag off that. Woo, look out. I'm a lightweight. I can't hang with you guys, but uh, it was delicious, man. It was the blue uh, Kabunki, uh, I think that's how you say it, Kabunki uh, brand uh, vape pen. It's pretty nice, man. Good flavor. One drag, and it got me lit. So. All right, well, that's a good intermission, man. Well, hell yeah. And now, look, we only, we only got two teams left, man. Look at that. It was just... When I did two dabs. Look at that. Two dabs, two teams. We're forming a V pattern, Brad, and we're fly grading south, bro. This is beautiful. I love that fly grading. Fly grading, <laughs> <laughs> baby. All I hear is jealousy in your voice, Mark. <laughs> it's fine. I think when I was listening back to that, I was driving and I spit out my soda and almost crashed, bro. <laughs> like, fly <laughs> Did you say fly grading? Yeah. Fly grading? <laughs> Fucking hilarious, bro. Yep. It's a combination of two words. <laughs> it's called efficiency. Brad does this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he speaks efficiently. <laughs> well, all right, fellas. The uh, herbal intermission has now come to an end. It was glorious, but it's time to get back into it and talk about fantasy football. That's what the people are here for. That and uh, free weed. So... We are going to go up to Wisconsin, to the land of the cheeseheads, up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, well, the Green Bay Packers, you know, there's seem to be a fan favorite for some reason. Everybody always seems to love the Packers, at least that's what it seems like to me. Uh, maybe it's because I just have an intense dislike for all those people that wear wedges of cheese on their heads, but that's okay. If you listen to the show and you're a Packers fan, I forgive you. It's all good. But uh, we talk about the Green Bay Packers, Rich. Well, uh, let's go to the running back position, man. This is a guy. He had 19 touchdowns last year. Uh, he was an animal for most of the season. Looking at Aaron Jones, Rich, uh, what are your thoughts about him going for 2020, man? I really like Aaron Jones, uh, the running back, the talent that he is. Um, there is a little bit of concern for me. I, I see a little bit of that um, regression to the mean, I think we discussed. And, um, you know, 19 touchdowns, I don't think that's sustainable uh, heading into another season. So if he came back to earth and he's more of a 10, 11 touchdown type guy this season, um, he's not going to be probably worth what people are going to think they need to pay for him this year. Um, I think they see that Green Bay Packers running back and they see, Jones 
And I think they'll be thinking, okay, this guy's about ready to pop off. You know, and I, they see that 19 touchdowns. I think he's ready to pop off. But um, a couple things just scared me. Um, it was a timeshare last year. There were some injury troubles with Jamal Williams. So it kind of like solidified what Aaron Jones was. But when it was both backs, there was um, there was a split backfield sometimes. And, and the work was – it did seem like LaFleur liked to split it up. Um, and they, they draft A.J. Dillon this year. This guy's a running back. This guy doesn't catch the ball. He comes out and carries the ball. So if they start to look to use three guys, it's even worse. So And, and a guy like A.J. Dillon is also a real goal line back. So that's all the kind of things that add up to scaring me off of Aaron Jones this year. Yeah, I like Aaron Jones as a running back. But like Rich said is I think what he's going to go for and what people value him is going to be more than what I like him at. I think a lot of people are viewing him as a number seven, six, seven back, maybe top 10 back for sure. And I think he could slip to a top 15 back. So if you're paying that value and not getting in return, then that's the reason why I would look elsewhere. So Aaron Jones is, he's on my radar, but I think a lot cheaper than people are willing to pay for him. Well, yeah, he's, he's on my radar, but I mean, I, I just forecast that people will be a little more heavily interested. I think when people see the, the big stat, like Mark said, 19 touchdowns, people get pretty fired up for that. So um, I, I think people might pay for him like he's a top five guy this year. When those top backs go and people don't have one on their team and they want a top back, that's when the overpaying starts to happen. So those those mid range guys sometimes they have a little extra money so why not go pay for a guy just securing himself I think he'll fall into that category. Yeah, right on. He did have that. Uh, I think he had a four or five touchdown game against Dallas. You know, threw up forty plus uh, fantasy points one week. So, you know, he just he had a really phenomenal season. And yeah, like you said, Rich, with the Jamal Williams back there, yeah, bring in another back it makes it even more crowded. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, definitely. You'd like to think that Aaron Jones would be the just be the guy based on the talent level and be able to trust that. But I don't, I don't think you could trust 100 percent that you know it's not going to turn into a committee or a timeshare. There. So. Well, that's absolutely what I'm saying. Is like I, I see Aaron Jones as a, as a very highly skilled, do everything type running back, three down running back. I think like that's what I'd like to see is him in that role. However, like I just see some warning signs of that not necessarily being the case. So um, I, uh, trust me, I see the kid's talent. So, you know, and then there are times when talent just wins out. So it, it might be a frustrating own to have Aaron Jones, but maybe we get to about week six, week eight, and he's just solidified and he's back to stud status. So, I mean, it could go that way. He's, he's that talented. So, but you know, do you have room in your roster for four to six weeks of like having to fuck around with that a little bit? You know what I mean? And not only that, but if you're paying the money to get him, you know, top 10 back, you kind of need that production right away. So yeah, I mean, do you have yeah. the time to wait? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. don't want to start off like two and two start off the season or one and three, you know, you want to, you want to get those wins right away. I mean, I have built, I have built rosters where I've said that I know I have a couple weeks on this guy, this guy, this guy, but once I get there, it'll be fine. 
Like uh, I have built rosters like that because you can also pay a little less in those situations sometimes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like Aaron Jones, man. Uh, Just, I agree that he may be a guy that uh, somebody just really severely overpays for in the draft, just based on that 19 touchdown stat line. And uh, yeah, you got to believe there'll be some regression uh, for Aaron Jones, but still definitely uh, a talented back. So uh, somebody I wouldn't mind having on my roster for the right price. And, yeah, what's it going to be? He, he seems like the kind of guy that could get bid up just based on the stats he put up last year. So he might go for a pretty pricey penny, I get the feeling. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, all right, Brad, so we can talk about the uh, receiver position. Uh, Devontae Adams, I believe you acquired him uh, last year in a trade after uh, he recovered from the turf toe injury. Devontae Adams, man, a hell of a receiver, um, has put up some solid fantasy seasons for the past uh, three or four years straight. So what are you thinking uh, about Devontae Adams and maybe what his price tag will be on draft day? Uh, I actually think people are going to regard him as a top three receiver, top four. So I feel like people are going to pay heavy on him. I just do not think that is wise. I just, for some reason, I just don't think the passing game is going to be there. I would like him as like a six, seven receiver. I just feel like people are going to treat him as a top three. So top threes, that's too much. That's way too much. I don't think they're going to throw the ball enough or utilize him that much to, to warrant that. Yeah. And I had him for the end of the year and a lot of double teams, man, while he's a crazy talent. And I think he caught like 13 or 16 balls one game. And remember guys, this is a non PPR league. So we don't care about that shit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, he can definitely be up, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of teams know that, you know, he's the guy to stop. So let's stack it up against him and see what else happens. So I'm kind of more in line of going with Marquise uh, Valdez Scatlin. I feel like he's kind of the better play. I feel like you can get him for a dollar or two. And when Aaron Rodgers, you know, He's going to be dumping the ball off to him or to Aaron Jones. So I feel like that's kind of where he's the ball is going to be going to most of the time. We can just call him MVS. MVS, thank you. <laughs> well, they also have uh, – they also have – they got two tongue twisters in the uh, receiving core. They also have uh, Equinomius St. Brown. That was a, – that's a tough one to go with uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, man. Good luck with those uh, – saying those ten times fast, but – yeah, you man. did pretty well there, Mark. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I don't know if Equin I cannot say this guy's name. Equinamius St. Brown. That is Equinamius. Equinamius. Equinamius? Okay. Uh the you know, those are kind of the fourth and fifth receivers, though. Well, maybe not Scantling, but uh they also have Alan Lazard, who, you know, established a decent connection with Aaron Rodgers last year. Had a couple big uh games for him. And then they brought in Devin Funches, a guy who's well, he's always been a bit of a disappointment in Carolina, in my opinion, and hasn't really quite hit his potential or hit his stride in the NFL yet. And he has a big body, though, and he can go up and get the ball, you know, if uh, he can secure it. So Aaron Rodgers to Devin Funches, Rich, are you thinking that's going to be a combination you're going to be hearing a lot of this year? Uh, yeah, that's my that's my value stack of the year, man. For real? <laughs> 
No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, you almost had me, man. <laughs> he was in like, Carolina. Wait, he was a boss. He's, yeah, he's, way. he's a boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some talent in that guy, but um, uh, it, it's it's too late in the game for him as as a receiver. I don't think he's he's got it anymore. He's had injury. He hasn't really shown up, so. I, I don't see anything good for him going. So I, I'd definitely be more interested in like the MBS guy or that's like that. Mr. MBS guy to you, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah. The tight end. I'll be honest. I've never even heard of this guy is Jace Sternberger. Is that name ringing a bell? Steinberger. For uh, Steinberger, Mark. No, it is actually Sternberger. I know. I was just fucking with you. George. <laughs> Steinbrenner. Stein, Sternberger. All right, this guy, Jay Sternberger. Who is he? Where did he come from? I have no idea. Moving on. Maybe one of you guys can tell me. I have no idea. I've never really been all like fired up about uh, tight ends with Aaron Rodgers all that much. I mean, like, you know, it's it. He's had a he had a decent connection with Jimmy Graham for a little bit, but you know, it's it's never been anything special. So, I I, I think we can move on from the tight end situation there. Do you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers himself? Yeah, we should go to Aaron Rodgers. But I was just – what was the name of that tight end the Packers had that was really good for like two years when the Cardinals and the Packers had that big uh, playoff game out here? They had The Packers had that tight end. Uh, what was that dude's name, man? He got hurt, though. He was like good for two years, and then he got hurt. Oh, yeah, season ending. He did something. Yeah. I don't remember that dude's name, though. Huh. Oh. All right, so we are going to move on to the one, the only – the man, the ladies love him. The Bears fans hate him. He's in too many damn commercials all the fucking time. Commercials. Discount double checks. He is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl. One. Let's not get too carried away. He's won one Super Bowl. Um, he is a great quarterback, though, a great player. Um, a fiery competitor out there and somebody that's always going to have uh, some fantasy value, that's for sure. Uh, where do you place him, Rich, on your QB rankings? And, uh, you know, is he a guy that you'd be comfortable, you know, throwing out there 16 games? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be comfortable with 16 games with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're going to throw the ball enough. Um, I, I, I worry about this whole drafting a QB situation. Uh, they bring in Jordan Love. So I just kind of, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a salty cat sometimes. So sometimes I, I think, you know, could it go a little sideways there this year and Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of an attitude and things don't go all that great and they really focus in on running the ball. Does that leave enough for Aaron Rodgers out there? I, I think not. So I, I'm going to steer clear of Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah, I would steer clear of him. The only thing that I would say is – them drafting this quarterback may just put a big fire up his ass, you know, like and just really want to prove to him that like, Hey man, I'm still your guy. I don't know why you wasted a draft pick on this and not That's go true. give me a wide receiver, which I really wanted this whole freaking time. Yeah, a first round draft pick. That was definitely an interesting yeah. pick. That one made headlines, man. People were scratching their heads after that one. I mean, think if they would have got him a receiver, man, how much better this team would have been. Yeah, that 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 tight end Mark was it, Jermichael Finley? Yeah, that's who I was thinking of, bro. That's Jermichael who you're thinking Finley. of. I, I was going between that and Bubba Franks. I was yeah. thinking of that. Oh, Bubba Franks. That's Finley. right. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, man. So Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Uh, just that. That's uh interesting that they took Jordan Love in the first round. Uh, 
that pick kind of sent reverberations through the uh, NFL world because all of a sudden everybody's going to Aaron Rodgers, sticking a microphone in his face, and like you said, Richie's a salty cat, and saying, why did the Packers draft a quarterback in the first round when, you know, you're supposed to be the guy? And uh, I don't think he had too many happy answers for anybody, so. It did seem to get get under his skin a little bit that uh, they drafted Jordan Love there, you know. But also at the same time, I would like to remind Aaron Rodgers that he was also a young guy once and learned from a dude named Brett Favre. So, you know, maybe he should be a good leader and take the kid under his wing. What round was Aaron Rodgers drafted, though, Mark? First round. First round. Number 24. Alex Smith was number one. I thought it was second round. No, did you remember that? Because uh, they were supposed to go like one, two. That was the talk going in. Yeah, he dropped. And Alex Smith was number one, and Aaron Rodgers just sitting there like the whole draft. He dropped all the way down to like 23 or 24 uh, before Green Bay took him. Yeah, I will say, though, Aaron Rodgers had more hype coming out, though. Like, he was a much better anticipated quarterback than, you know, the one they drafted. Brad, you had a good point, though, about um... – about Aaron Rodgers, he could get fired up this year. It could, it could put light a fire on him. He could be like, you know what, fuck you guys, check it out, look at what I can still do. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't really think about that as that motivating factor. So, that that could be pretty nice, actually. He's salty, man. He's salty, but he he could be efficient because of his saltiness. I don't know. That <laughs> that could that could be there. <laughs> he might just take control of the team again. You never know. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel ill just talking about the Packers this much, so we need to wrap this up, man. This is it's like this is enough. This is hard on me, man. All this green and yellow just flashing through my mind. We gotta talk about their defense, Mark. Yeah, no, we do have to talk about the defense. We could even talk about their kicker if you want, Brad. I know you're a big Mason Crosby guy. You got his jersey hanging in your closet, but dude, I love Mason loves Crosby. Crosby. He, uh, he had a couple field goals. He was like missed five field goals one time. The team rallied mm -hmm. behind him. He got his groove back, and you know. Back kicking oh, again. The, a kicker who got his groove back. That's what we like to see. That's right. Um, like yeah, so the, the Packers defense, Rich. Uh, yeah, I mean, they brought in Zadarius Smith, and, uh, you know, they brought in the – who was that? Preston Smith. They brought in both the Smith guys last year uh, to rush off the edge. The Smiths. Brad. Cousins, the Smiths. Maybe they're distant relatives. Uh, but, yeah, they're Brothers. both – <laughs> they're both rushing off the edge they had a pretty good uh, year that was a pretty nasty tandem so this uh green bay defense was pretty good last year uh what are you thinking brad somebody you might uh roster i actually like the green bay defense a lot i think uh definitely gonna be top 10 could be top five or maybe number five so i think if you can get them for two three bucks you know that's good money good value i could see them being in that value uh you know, two three dollar defense. Um, it's they're they're not a top five defense in my opinion. I don't think they have that high end. You know, the the Smiths are are great and they do make some plays. I think they spiked last year. They kind of crashed back to the earth the back half of the season a little bit. So I I see it kind of being more of a middling defense, more of that top ten back end top ten defense. So. You know, viable, but nothing that I'm saying. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and win weeks because of my defense. Well, it's finally the time, fellas, and I've been waiting for this moment. You know, but He's excited. time to go to sweet home Chicago. Talk about the Chicago Bears, and as much as I love this team, you know, I probably hate them and their management uh, equally as much. It's it's a love hate relationship, man. But uh, I, I do want to uh, clarify for the listeners before we get too far. I am originally from Chicago, so 
you know, the Bears are in my blood. Uh, I was there for 25 years, but been here in the beautiful state of Arizona uh, with the fellows out here uh, for the last 15 years. So Cardinals are also my team. Got love for those guys too. So I'd recommend it to anybody. Go ahead and get yourself two. 25 plus 15 is We're getting up there now. We're 40. getting up there. Not quite. I guess it's 14 years in Arizona. So uh, Okay. <laughs> little addition. Little mathematics for yeah, everyone. There you go. I mean, because people, if they're actually listening, oh, wait, this guy likes the Bears and the Cardinals, fucking fair weather fan. No, I got two teams. Uh, go out and get yourself two teams. I would recommend it because then if one of them sucks, hey, you always have another I, team. I think they'll let you off the hook, Mark. I think once you're in a city for about five years, you get the right to have kind of kind of like, adopt whoever. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us from the Midwest uh, originally, or even the East Coast, you know, it's. Yeah, you just die hard, you know. It's just in your blood growing up uh, yeah. watching those teams. But, yeah, at the same time, uh, coming out here, man, got to love uh, the cards and their organization. We will get to them in just a few episodes. We're saving the NFC West for last, I think. But getting back to Dabers in the Windy City, guys. I thought we were finished. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll just run through them real quick, uh, Brad, <laughs> for you. Trubisky, garbage. David Montgomery, don't want him. <laughs> Alan Robinson, you're cool. You can hang out. Uh, Anthony Miller, trash. Ted Ginn, bye bye. Jimmy Graham, dumpster fire. All right, we're done. <laughs> Dude, we killed it. Uh, let's talk about that defense. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk about that defense. <laughs> and let, we can back up and talk about Montgomery just for a half a second. All right, we can talk about the defense. I'll, I, this is a good defense, man. Let's start with, yeah, let's not bury the lead because the rest of the Bears is a little rough right now. So we'll we'll switch it up and go straight to the defense, the strong point of this team, the defensive unit of the Chicago Bears. Uh, Brad, you, they got Khalil Mack. They got Rokon Swift. They got a secondary that can, you know, and Eddie Jackson, they can get pick sixes and return them, uh, make some big plays out there. So you look at the Chicago Bears defense, buddy. What are you thinking, man? Uh, I think, like you said, pick sixes, touchdown returns, punt returns. They have ways to score in all all different areas of the, on the field. But the only problem is, is the team sucks. <laughs> so what happens in that third, fourth quarter when they're down by 21 points or something, they just don't care. So, if they're not getting those touchdowns, it's really going to be hard to start this team, in my opinion, because they're going to have, like, nice 12, 14-point games, and you're going to watch it just dwindle down to six points, five points in the fourth quarter. So, it's going to infuriate you. It's going to piss you off. But if they're getting those touchdowns and interceptions, and it's hard to take those points away. Man, you guys are down on the Bears. I, I – um. I, I, I'm going to struggle here, but I, I, I'm kind of a little moderately in on the Bears this year. Moderately. I think they're going to be a good, a decent team, man. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. So defense, are you liking the defense? Is like a top five defense, Rich, or are you? <laughs> Jesus. I see I see him as a, having a nice bounce back year. Um, the year before last, they were like the number one defense. Um Last year, I think Khalil Mack was having just kind of an off year. He didn't really get to the ball as much. Um, so I, I kind of see a little bounce back there. Uh, yeah. I really like this defense, man. Bro, one thing with Mack's season last year, uh, Akeem Hicks was banged up for a lot of the year. And he was yeah. kind of that disrupting force in the middle of their defense that opened yeah. up things for Mack that uh, first year he was in Chicago. So with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman healthy, you know, 
uh, in the middle of that D on the line. That's nice. And, yeah, Brad, I mean, like you said, pick sixes. I mean, Eddie Jackson, <laughs> he's got good hands. Uh, he always seems to be where the ball is, whether it's off a deflection or just a bomb, he'll go up and get it. Uh, Kyle Fuller's made some nice plays out there at corner. He's really progressed in his career. So uh, they also brought in Robert Quinn to throw Robert out there Quinn. with Mac and Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. So linebackers yeah. stacked. So that is a positive, man. The rest of the team, uh, like you said, Rich, I mean, you're kind of in on them. That's cool. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pessimist <laughs> when it comes to the offense. Matt Nagy is not my uh, favorite person in the world or favorite coach. So uh, oh, the Bears defense, man, a solid play for sure. Yeah, I like Nagy. I think he's been limited by Trubisky. I think he's been, I think he's been limited in what he wants to I'm do. I'm so glad you said that, Rich, because that was the point I was going to try and make. Yeah. As you yeah. said, three years ago, the Bears' D was not that far removed from being, you know, stout. And mm-hmm. then last year, you know, they, they did well, but they didn't do great. And now this year, you think they're going to bounce back. But to me, three years ago, Trubisky played really well. Last mm-hmm. year, Trubisky sucked. This year, he's going to suck again. So that is directly based on or correlates to the defense playing well is his quarterback play. So that okay. is, I'd like the players, but if they're not getting pick sixes, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting more than six to eight points out of them. So you don't like Nick Foles? Mm, <laughs> not terribly, no. Okay. I, I, I think Nick Foles can be pretty stable. I think, I think they don't need over-the-top great quarterback play to be a good team. I think they need solid, stable play, and I think that's what Nick Foles is. So I, I, here's the thing. I think Mitch Trubisky actually, like, when he, like, kind of, like, corrects a little bit of what he's, what's going on with his throwing motion, when he's all, like, stiff-legged. Oh, it's, it's so gross. When he's all stiff-legged and he just kind of so herky-jerks it, it, it doesn't look good, and you can see oh. it. So if, if, he, if he settles that down and he gets back to being what he was when he was, like, terrific – and he was using his feet, and he's making good decisions. He's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, it either goes one way or the other. He either gets it, he gets it right, he gets his head straight, and he plays well. Okay, so that's all the better for the Bears. Or he doesn't get it, and they go to Nick Foles. And then Nick Foles is just a stable quarterback. So I think I see this as playing out with the Bears. I think they're 8-8 eight and eight or better this year. I think that they were 8-8 eight and eight last year. I think they're 8-8 eight and eight or better this year. They will be in a better I will give you this. Nick Foles coming off the bench as a backup, I like more than just handing him a starting role because I feel like when he's playing to prove, he plays better than when he's just got the starting job. I think he's there to push Trubisky to get his head straight and get it right. Like, this is it. We're going to be done with you otherwise, Mitch. (laughs) You're out of here, buddy. Mitch. Uh yeah <laughs> sounds like a bitch <laughs> and it's yeah i i wonder if the the naggy and trubisky you know comment like you said brad or uh, rich i think you made that comment uh with naggy and trubisky is it like the chicken and the egg you know which one is actually the problem because i mean you can put a lot on trubisky but I, you know, I did not see Nagy putting him in a whole lot of winning situations and putting him in, you know, third and shorts to where he can go out there and make a play. You know, they, they brought in David Montgomery and, uh, you know, the organization acted like he was just going to come in there and be a pro bowler as a rookie. And, uh, you know, I kind of fed into some of that hype when I drafted him and he was just a huge disappointment, man. He 
kind of got his feet under him a little bit towards the end of the year, but after you traded him, wasn't hitting the hole hard. He wasn't uh, being decisive in the backfield, so he looked like a rookie out there. He didn't look like he was ready. So you know, a, a lot of the Bears struggled last year, aside from Allen Robinson. You know, especially fantasy wise. So. I, I don't know. I can't put it all on Trubisky. I think Nagy really had a bad year last year calling plays, so that's that's where I would put that at. But, yeah, I, I do agree with the analysis that Foles is definitely there to push him, and Foles may end up winning the job outright, or, like you said, you know, Trubisky starts the season and Foles is right there if Trubisky can't hang. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of hope, a glimmer of hope in Chicago, I guess. But David Montgomery, Brad, what do you uh, – expecting out of him in his sophomore season you think he can you know kind of reach his potential you know i think he can be a decent play as a flex too so i'm talking like not my top running back not my number two running back but my number three running back it really depends on what value he goes for someone's paying 15 20 bucks i think that's too much value for him so i know rich is optimistic about the team but i'm not so I'm kind of more of the 5 to 10 value on the guy. Right on, man. And they do have Tariq Cohen behind him, you know, so he's a guy who might be a fantasy asset. (laughs) Uh, Probably more valuable in those stupid PPR leagues, but that's why we put the circle with the line through it and the PPR and the red X. No, just kidding. Uh, Yeah, Tariq Cohen. Don't fuck around. He's a good player, but uh, it's kind of risky. Cohen? No. Risky start. Um, he's had big games though, but risky start. Um, Allen Robinson though, Rich, uh, solid wide receiver, mostly a possession guy, but you know, he'll get in the end zone from time to time. Uh, is Allen Robinson a guy that, you know, you think is just one of those solid guys you'd like to get at a good value? Yeah. I don't know where uh, I, I would have a hard time kind of placing that guy's value. He's got, you know, top end talent, uh, there was production there last year. I think he was about number 14 or so wide receiver last year. So, I mean, that's that's good value. I like Allen Robinson. He's a good red zone target. What was I going to say? Oh, you guys talked about Cohen. I kind of <laughs> like Cohen. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Cohen, that's why my brain was, like, not able to go on Allen Robinson for a minute. Uh, Cohen – there is like this kind of like interesting those pass catching backs like sometimes I do feel like you can like look at the scheme and be like okay it'll set up for that pass catching back and so there is that ability to kind of like spike on that a little bit sometimes like a couple of years ago when I was certain Chris Thompson here and there it was because I felt like I could kind of like navigate that out and see schematically how that would work out and use that back so even though we're not a PPR, there is like a time when you can say, well, there is a weakness on that defense and it is the pass catching back. So I can start Tariq Cohen and maybe possibly get 22 points out of him because he'll just have a huge blow up game. Go out there and spike a victory just out of that. Right on, man. Uh, Brad, any thoughts on Allen Robinson? Night, night time? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I like him for like a couple bucks. You know, you get into the end of the draft and you got to fill your, you know, your bench, oh. you're trying to. You'll, you'll love him for a couple guys. bucks. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking he'd be like a 10, 10 to 15 he would go for, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't like him for that. That's way too much value. 
Yeah. I wouldn't spend more than five. Right on, man. Uh, yeah, they also got, you know, Anthony Miller, uh, Ted Ginn, they brought in. No, no. I go for different wide receivers, not different Bears wide receivers. Al- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan Robinson is projected this year right on this uh, rankings as the 20th wide receiver, number 20 wide receiver. Yeah. Which I think is about right. False. Sounds about right. I think it's about right. I think it's about right. You don't like it? You don't like it, Brad? False? You think? I do not. False. He- well, not necessarily false. Outside the top 30, then? Mm, I'd say 28. Okay. 28. We have it on record. We can go back after. Okay. Records. We have all records because it is recording. It's a funny We're word. Record. Records. Ruad. Records. <laughs> we are recording. I just feel like this year, <laughs> the wide receiver depth is really, really big. You can go get yourself something in a more stable environment than the Chicago Bears because you don't know what's going on with the quarterback play. Mark, like you said, you're pretty shaky on Nagy making some play calls. You know, they don't really have a force of a running back. Oh, I had some shit to say about that, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, and their defense is nice, so they will be in good position, but I just – I don't really like the whole situation. I seen some Bears plays last year where there's a third and eight, and Nagy called some great plays, and Trubisky missed some throws last year. I'm telling you. there you you're coming, I think you come at it from a pretty critical eye and, like, pretty negative mindset. But I think there's some there, – there were some play calls from Matt Nagy that were actually pretty good man so but yeah I, like I, you said it was it was still misplayed so whether it was Nagy not making the right call or Trubisky not hitting it I see a lot of misplays from this team yeah but I think they I think they start fixing it this year that's what I'm saying I, I think it's this is this is when you start to fix it I think Matt Nagy's a good coach actually to be honest with you yeah it's tough man because he came in that his first year I want to say he won NFL coach of the year uh that was only two short years ago now so uh, yeah, it was just such a struggle last year for the whole team. And it, it's not on really on any of them individually. It's on it's, all of them. The, the whole team was just, it, it was not clicking. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and argue that uh, Mitch Trubisky is some great decision maker out there. Uh, Rich, he probably can't decide what to get for dinner at, you know, his local steakhouse. But he's, uh, <laughs> he's just... <laughs> the guy I want to believe. I want to believe in him so bad, but it's it's rough, man. So we'll just move on to the tight end position, which is another head scratcher on the squad. Uh, they brought in Jimmy Graham on the two year deal, and then went out and drafted with their first draft pick, which was actually in the second round, uh, Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. So. You know, they got these two guys at tight end now. I mean, the tight end has been a glaring deficiency for the Bears for a long time. So, you know, I can see that they're trying to solve it. But I I wouldn't look at Jimmy Graham and call him the uh, answer to my prayers in the year 2020. Maybe in 2012. Yes, let's zoom it back to 2012. (laughs) Let's kind of rewind the tape. Who knows? Maybe maybe Cole Komet might be he might be something decent, but I don't, fantasy wise, no. But he might be a decent football tight end. We'll see. You never know. That with Jimmy Graham on the field might be enough. They they've you you kind of brushed aside Anthony Miller earlier too, but I like Anthony Miller too. So I think I think they got some pass catchers. So to be honest with you, do they need a lot of production out of the tight ends? Probably not. Is Jimmy Graham? At least what Trey Burton was, yeah, probably. So you know, it might not be bad. It might it might still be an upgrade. They've gotten younger, at least. They've got Cole Komet there. I actually think that 
you know, there are some people in this league that won't listen to this podcast <laughs> and they won't know that the Bears wasted their number one pick on a tight end. So that's going to come down. They don't have a tight end. And oh my God, Jimmy Graham is still there. Holy yeah. shit. So he's going to get picked up for sure. You know, he might even go up to five bucks because people get desperate and they have some cash. But do I think that's a good play? No, because I think both of them you can just wait on and see, you know, how it plays out, what tight end they go to, you know, waste a waiver maneuver. And if someone wastes money on it, then good for them and good for you for not wasting it. So Right on, man. Yeah, there's a lot of potential to waste a lot of money on this team, <laughs> uh, kind of like the owners have been doing for so many years, the McCaskey family in Chicago. All right, well, I'm done bagging on my bears because I do love them, but uh, – yeah, uh, I guess, guys, that was our last team in the NFC North. Look at we're on a roll. We've grinded through another division, telling the people what's up, let them know what they need to know uh, when it comes to the fantasy uh, football uh, knowledge and information. And when you take a look at the division as a whole, Brad, the NFC North, uh, what team are you liking to walk away with the NFC North crown this year, bro? Uh, I actually... I see it being the Packers show, uh, but I do see actually the Lions coming in there and uh, kind of giving people a little scare in the beginning, maybe in the middle. But uh, I just see, I don't know, Minnesota would be kind of the same, but definitely Bears being last. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of seen it being muddled up, but definitely it's the Packers to lose. So if they just play their game, then I see them going 10 and 6 and the others kind of 9 and 7, 8 and 8, the other two. And then the Bears, unfortunately, like a 6 and 10 team. Mark, do you want me to go next? Yeah, go go ahead, man. Fill me in on how you're feeling there, Rich. I'll go next. Uh, I think you guys are you guys are going to be surprised. I I see this division differently. This is the, the first division. This is the first division we've kind of had like differing opinions on the division. Really, I I think the Bears are going to win the division. <laughs> Uh, you can't even say that with a straight face. You can't say it with a straight he face. He is crying, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mark is crying. I'm not kidding you. I I see some some good things on the horizon for this team. I I, I love the defense. So I, I I'm I'm about I'm about defense when it comes to football. If you can if you can get an, an edge on that defensive side, I really like that. So um, I'm picking the Bears to win the division at ten and six. Um, I do think Green Bay, Minnesota will be right there. I think the Lions are, are crap. I, I, don't, I don't know where Brad's getting his optimism on that team. I, th- I think the Lions are going to be a bad team. I think Matt Patricia gets fired at the end of the year. That's that's what I think. So I like Kenny Galladay and Carrion Johnson, man. I think they're studs. I think they stay healthy. I think they can just come out and play. Come out and play. Whoa, this uh, almost turned into a deaf poetry jam or uh, something. Is it open mic night already? No, just kidding. Uh, Sorry, what were you saying, Brad? That's where I got that from. We'll see how that goes. Brad's predicting the Lions to roar. Yeah, he likes the Lions. I like the Bears. What do you like, Mark? Well, man, um, you know, if I could take a step back, you know, Set my cup down. <laughs> the Tangeray and Chronics got me fucked up now. But no, I'm not that fucked up where I'm going to pick the Bears. Uh, obviously, the Packers are going to win this division <laughs> like they do every freaking year. I mean, that's just how it goes. So that's what I'm expecting. Uh, the Vikings might be okay, but uh, I'm expecting them to kind of take a little step back too. 
Um, so I would say, yeah, uh, it's going to be Green Bay, unfortunately. Uh, but we can move on to the uh, everybody's favorite part of the show, <laughs> the <laughs> breakout <laughs> fantasy player in the uh, NFC North, man. Rich, I'm going to you first, buddy. Uh, make it somebody good because people get a little judgy around here if you don't say uh, a true breakout. <laughs> you got to hit it right, man. We don't, we don't have any room for air, man. And I've got one guy to give you today. <laughs> I will give you Anthony Miller. I like oh, Anthony Miller right. to break out. I think he will uh, crack or become close to a top 20 wide receiver this year. I think he actually might outperform Allen Robinson. Um, I've seen a lot of talent in that kid. I, I think he um, he might end up having a nice little rapport with Nick Foles by the time it's all said and done. So uh, that's where I'm looking is Anthony Miller. <laughs> Yeah, bless you. <laughs> yeah, you had mute on that whole time, dude. You almost threw <laughs> your phone across the closet with that sneeze, bro. I was like, <laughs> I was trying to get to that mute button. I just couldn't get to it. Gosh. That's good. All right, Brad. Who's who you your thinking, breakout, man? Brad? Who's your breakout, buddy? Make it somebody good. I don't want to have to get judgy on you. Bro. No, I mean <laughs> with how things went last year and how things are going this year. I'd probably say Aaron Rodgers with his arm that he's had. He can probably – no, I'm just fucking with the work. MBS. 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 I like it. The Marquez Valdez Scantling. All right. I think he's going to be a flex one type wide receiver. Uh, he's going to be the go-to guy because I like the number two receivers because number ones command a lot of attention. So I think the twos can just – when they're good enough can just sneak around and – catch a lot of balls sweet man well uh yeah i'll go to uh I'm gonna stay far away from the windy city i don't want to jinx any of my players so we'll go to detroit any of those players would be breakout players though mark <laughs> that's true <laughs> thanks they would qualify uh all right uh i'm gonna say tj hawkinson i'll just say you know he'll kind of step it up from his rookie campaign that was a little bit spotty and you know maybe he'll be a tight end play at some point this year so eh, that'll be my guy i'm gonna play it safe in the nfc north all right fellas any parting thoughts we we're gonna wrap up this episode we're just grinding through it for the people i don't know man that was uh i like it good division good players i like that we had some good different varying opinions on on this division it seemed seemed like we're a little bit different thought processes on this one so that's kind of cool yeah i like the lions and apparently i'm crazy <laughs> you're, you're a psycho yeah you lost your mind oh. <laughs> and i think the bears are gonna win the division so i lost my mind and uh, now i know you uh, i can already tell that you guys are just fucking with me man there's no way rich likes the bears this much I'm. Uh, I can't. I can't believe it for a second, bro. It's Why not, would I? Mark, once we found out you were fucking with us, we switched it up. It's not possible, bro. <laughs> no. Yeah. I want to make sure I get this part in the episode where I tell Rich, you're full of shit. You you told Brad, like, yesterday, I'm going to say all bears for all my everything. And talk Love about the bears, dude. I'm See what's really going on. No, I like the bears, man. I think they're going to be a good team this year. Well, hell yeah. I like the bears, too, man. Fucking bear down. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying, like, you, you know. Jump on that wagon. Yeah. He's like, holy shit, man. I'll get on that wagon. There's plenty of room on that on that wagon though. Eight and eight last year. You're telling me they can't improve on that? I think they uh, it was a dude. It was a lot. They fell into eight and eight. They like I don't know. They had two games at the end where the other team just quit because they didn't have any playoff implications or whatever. They should have been like six and ten or something. But they're gonna have a couple games. They're figuring out the quarterback. Yeah. 
They don't so have a true all three down back. So yeah, just... NFL wise, it's like yeah, you, I just I don't trust Matt Nagy to turn it around. I mean, they, it was just such a train wreck last year, man. I mean, I I call it a train wreck. Yeah, they were eight and eight, but coming off the year they had, Matt Nagy's the coach of the year, and it looks like he just uh, you know kind of went out there and outsmarted himself every single Sunday is what it seemed like to me. So you know, I'm not sure what game plans he was drawing up uh, in some of those games, but Rich, you're a Matt Nagy believer you're uh he's your guy man so maybe you guys will prove me wrong this year maybe i just can't see how his mind is actually working i'm too blind to it man i think you get better quarterback play it'll be it'll be better i think you've seen it be better i've i've seen it be better when mitchell trubisky played better when he used to play better in his rookie season it was better it was it was a better product and Mm -hmm. and matt Nagy's offense looked really good back then so I think I think there is some evidence to show you that it's when he can get good quarterback play, you're going to see a nice offense. And 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 the offense doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be top five. If it's top ten, if it's top twelve, that defense is good enough that the Bears can be a good team. That's that's where I see it. Right on, man. Well, now I can go to bed happy tonight. And- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wake up tomorrow. The pandemic's going to be over, and the Bears are going to be in first place. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I think they'll be the number 24 offense. No, that's where I'm at, dude. I'm not, trust me, I'm not. I know better than to get too excited about them. So. Yeah. They'll be top 15. They'll be top 15. How about that? Their defense will be, not the team. Not the offense. Offense, top 15. Total offense. You're making me want to bet, Rich. Make me want to yeah. bet. Yeah. I don't bet. Okay. But man, that's no way. <laughs> you think that's juicy, don't you? Yeah, that's real juicy. Uh, you I, you could talk me out of making the Lions a believer in the Lions. I can see that. You know, Stafford is garbage. But you cannot convince me the Bears offense is going to be top 15, top 12, possibly top 10. We'll see. I do like their defense at those numbers, but not their offense. I just – I don't think David Montgomery can carry the load, man. So that's what – another thing that concerns me is, like, if – even if Trubisky's playing well, if they're not getting the running game that they need, it's it's not going to be great either. So, but, All right, fellas. Well, we did it. We knocked out yet another division, and we can X the NFC North off the list. Uh, yeah, we had some differing opinions, and hey, maybe the listeners can uh, let us know their thoughts. Go ahead and uh, leave it in the comments. You know, uh, do you all agree with me and Brad that the <laughs> – Bears will most likely suck out loud in 2020 or decide with Rich. And maybe there's a uh, sunnier forecast in Chi-Town and they actually have a bounce back season because that is a possibility. Hell yeah. So let us know. Uh, Let's get interactive with this shit. Uh, Yeah. So once again, uh, we did announce at the last episode at the end that we are live. So yeah, we are super excited. The pod has officially launched. Uh, You can now catch the smooth sounds and fully baked banter uh, of the OFP. Uh, Yeah, catch us on Apple Podcasts, and that's just huge for us, so we're definitely excited. Uh, In addition to being on Podbean, uh, if that's an app you use, uh, we're on there. And hey, we're adding more platforms as we speak, so yeah, fired up. Uh, Stitcher and Spotify may also be on the horizon. So, yeah, we just want to say 
uh, guys, we do appreciate all the fans, uh, the friends, the family. Can't forget to shout out the other owners in our league. Uh, you know, you guys know who you are. Uh, Jay, Saro, Chris, uh, Eddie, uh, <laughs> Toby, whatever your guys' names is are. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate uh, most of you boneheads, uh, at least in the off season. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. But it's true. You can't have a good league without uh, 12 good owners, that's for sure. So we appreciate uh, all the support from you fellas as well. But yeah, please uh, get behind us. Like I said, Apple Podcasts is a great spot to show us some love. Uh, you know, it just rocks uh, reading all the support and the feedback. I mean, the number one way to help us out, guys, would be to smash that subscribe button. I mean, don't crack your phone screen, but yeah, hit it hard. Time to hit it. Good God! let's get the word out tell your people tell your friends the ofp is here to stay all right props and big ups yet again to my co-hosts brad and rich for dishing out the delectable fantasy nuggets for y'all to consume uh that is their specialty guys and they are good at what they do so eat it up but yeah this up was a fun one for us and i hope everybody keeps coming back because hey You will get served. All right. uh, Peace out, everybody. Thanks again for listening. And catch us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Closet talk, bro. That's all it is. Just closet talk. Dude, sometimes you just got to be in a closet with your thoughts and your weed. Yeah.